cool. All right. <sighs> Hope everyone is having um, a sweet week so far. I am um, saying yesterday, why is it that January has like 1700 days and then February is like 12 days long? <laughs> For me anyways, felt like, I don't know what, how that happened, but it's March. Here we are. Um, I'm super happy to be in this session with you, session five. And so this is going to be a lot of um, creative exploration as we dive into exploring offerings and emerging work and what might want to come through. So um, my invitation, as always, but maybe especially today, is just if you find yourself getting like, what's the right thing or, you know, super, super heady about it, just to sort of embrace like a creative, playful spirit, like the spirit of creative, playful exploration. We don't have to make any decisions today. This is, we're still in the realm of like creative, playful exploration. And yeah, if part of you is like getting a little grippy and wanting to know for sure what is the correct thing, I would just remind that part of you like, you know, clarity will come. This is not about nailing anything down. This is about really exploring and seeing what's here for us. So I will leave the chat open. You're welcome to um, chat over questions if you have them along the way. If I miss them, I'll get to them. And um, as always, the Facebook group is open. Always grateful to see your shares over there and you know, dive a little deeper with you there as well. All right, let's do a little, um, just a little drop in so that we can shift fully into this space. So if you're in a place where you can just put things out of your hands for a moment, and just turning your attention inward. And if you have, you know, been holding a to-do list or worries or concerns or projections, if there's mental clutter for you here, you could just gently let it fall to the side or land to the side for the moment. Just give yourself this moment of connection with yourself, with your breath. Saying hello to the back of your body, your spine, all the way down to your sits bones. I'm just waving a hello to your body, both externally and internally. Just see if there's any place on your body that 
your attention is being drawn to and you can just offer a hand to that part of your body or just your attention. Greeting the earth beneath us. Acknowledging and greeting all of the beings that live inside of the earth. Greeting and acknowledging all of the beings that live above ground. The winged ones and the legged ones and the slithering ones. The trees and the plants. the spirits of the lands and the waters that you live on and around. Just acknowledging your ancestors. Just send out a blessing that all that we clarify, all that we explore here ultimately come to serve all that exists. That includes us, includes our families and our beloveds and also all of the others. Okay. Thanks all for being here. So I am going to start us with an exploration. So you can pull your journals out if you have them. Hold on a second, what's going on? screen. There we go. All right, so we're going to do this exploration, super fun exploration um, around archetypal way showers. So these are two questions, just take them one at a time. And the first question is, who are some real people? If you can't think of real people, you can make up imaginary people or know that people exist who do these things. <laughs> um, who either they can be in your line of work or they might be in other lines of work. Whose work you really admire the depth of. So, for example, um, perhaps you really admire a particular artist whose work you know or whose work you follow and seeing their work and the way that they do their work really, really inspires you. Um, maybe there is a somebody that you know who weaves in ceremony with their facilitation and you really admire 
the way that they are weaving in ceremony with their facilitation. I'm just giving you some random ideas. Hold on, I wrote some other ones down I wanna share with you. Um, oh gosh, okay. One example of mine is Esperanza Spalding, who um, a couple of years ago brought out an album but you could purchase like physical items, like an incense burner and, you know, all these different things that went with the album. So they were, it's like a full sensory experience with the music. <laughs> so thinking of, here's another example, someone who brings tremendous rigor and structure to their work. Maybe you like really love that they go deep in like structure and organization. Um, yeah, so let's take a minute here and just like, who are some people? Again, they can be in your line of work. They can be in other lines of work. That doesn't matter so much. But whose work you really admire the depth of. And let's take just five minutes here. So sit with it. you at all get stumped on this question you can just ask yourself like whose work really inspires you and it could be again in your field or another field
And then just sticking with the first question for now. So a couple more minutes here. Just the question around depth. Okay, how are we doing? Do we need another minute here or are we, are we good? You need another minute, just maybe raise your hand so I can see if it's just, okay, cool. All right, so the next question is who, same question, but folks whose work we admire the structure of. So there might be some overlap here for you. Like there might be folks that you've just written down that you would put in this category too. It's not like such a neatly, starkly defined thing necessarily. But it, for example, you might be like, I really admire the structure of teachers' work. They have summers off. I really like that. I really like summers off, you know? Um, you might love, um, really admire the structure of like someone having multiple low-cost offerings. Like everything is really, really accessible and they're just like, constantly bringing out new offerings like oh i really love that which by the way someone else might be like Ugh. like i hate that <laughs> give me one offering that's super deep you know and so they had, there might be some folks that you can think of that you're like oh i love that they have this like boutique like just a few clients kind of structure to their work um you know, maybe there's someone who writes books and gives lectures and you really love, love that. Like, oh, they just get to do their work in like a creative cave um, and then be out speaking. So tell me, don't tell me, tell yourself. <laughs> who are some folks, again, in your line of work or others that you really like the way their work is structured? And again, we're just exploring. You're not saying like, oh, if I say I admire teachers having summers off, I, I want summers off. It's, oh, if I say I like that accessibility, I, it means I do. No, it doesn't necessarily. But just like, who do you, what do you know? Who do you notice you are drawn to with regard to the structure of their work? Okay, I'll be quiet and give you five minutes here again.
All right, I'm seeing some movement. So getting the sense we might be kind of getting there. Anyone else need more time? How are we doing so far? Good. Maybe a little stretch, a little shake. Not take this too seriously. We're just exploring. Great. Okay, I'm gonna get our next. Screen ready here. All right. So we're also gonna take these as two separate questions. So just ignore the second one for now. We're gonna focus on the first question. So just taking into consideration, right, the depth and structure of these folks' work. We're just exploring what depth and structure might, I should highlight and underline, might want to be woven into your own work. Maybe. And I encourage you to just do bullet points. So if I were to do my bullet points right now, I'd be like medicine work, physical offerings, uh, being off work at three o'clock, no matter what, like just bullet points. Maybe none, of, maybe none of those things will happen. I mean, that one needs to happen, but maybe some of the last one, but you know, maybe some of them will happen. Maybe some of them even seem conflicting. So it's not wrong. We're just kind of bullet point exploring considering the depth and structure. So looking back at those folks' work, you can just ask yourself with each person, like, what do I like about them or their work? What do I like about this structure? What do I like about the depth of their work? And just make yourself a bullet pointed list. Okay, so we're gonna do five minutes. We're only doing the first question.
And again, we're looking at the folks on both the depth and the structure list. Okay. And let's just see if there's anything else moving to the second question about regarding or sorry, recalling the guidance that has come through for you from the soul of your work and from your elder self or just in your own spaces and times and moments of clarity what else might want to be woven into your work structurally or in terms of offerings 
what else might want to be woven through. So if you want to just take a moment and sit and meditate and call recall, if you want to look back through your notes, but these are the places where if you got like an ancestral nudge about something or you had an idea when you were sitting with the soul of your work and it was like, oh, I saw retreats or I saw this or I saw that or I saw myself spending more time with my, my kids, like anything else that might be here for you that you want to pull through. I'm going to give you a couple minutes.
Okay, do we need more time here? Okay, great, do another minute here. Okay. We have one more fun question. <laughs> not that the other ones are not fun, but I think this is a particularly fun question. So um, this is a question about what are some of the passions like personal passions that you have or like natural and joyful I want to emphasize joyful because sometimes our natural gifts are like intense trauma responses right to childhood to life but like the things that you actually really enjoy that are natural joyful gifts of yours and they may or may not be related to your work right now um and we're just gonna do this like really fun, open-ended exploration on what are some creative ways that they could potentially be incorporated. So um, some of mine that I wrote down, I really love hosting. I just love it. I have a passion for it. It's really joyful for me, like having people over for dinner, creating the menu, doing the whole experience. Like I really, really, really love hosting. Um, I also really love uh, like personal style and home decor. And I actually, this exploration is what had me weave some things into devoted, <laughs> like us recreating our workspace and noticing how our elder self might invite us to dress more. Um, so that's just like an example of how they got practically woven in. And also as I sit with this question now about creative ways that they could be incorporated, I'm like, oh, what if I threw like, business dinners where we explored deep topics around leadership? What if I, um, on my retreats, like took people on shopping trips and helped them style themselves? So just like playing, I'm not saying I want to do any of those things. I'm not saying I'm going to do any of them. But this is, I want to turn it to you now with this exploration on what are some of your personal passions and or natural, joyful gifts whether or not they're related to your work and what are just some creative ways you could think of that they could potentially be incorporated. I'll give you one more example as you're, as you're starting this exploration. I asked a friend of mine this question while I was preparing for this class and she was like, well, mine are just like 
I'm really into fashion. I'm into like jewelry, you know, it's just like, I don't know, like that doesn't really have anything to do with my work. And her work is all about women being fully self-expressed in their, as they're dating and in their love lives and in their relationships. And I was like, those things are all about self-expression. You know, what if you just wove in that question for people about how they're expressing themselves in other ways, not just verbally, but in other ways. So I just wanted to give you those few examples to seed. And now I'm going to turn it over to you. I'll be in the chat if you have any questions. And we'll take five minutes here. Try to have fun with this in case you're getting like serious because <laughs> that's where all the creative ideas can come through when we're just exploring and enjoying the exploration.
few more minutes here. Okay, I'm so curious to hear just what's percolating and how you're feeling over there. Anything surprising you? Any ideas that are sparking for you? I'd just love to hear what's going on. You can type or you can raise your hand. Noticing some contradictions for myself restructure. Mm -hmm. So you're like, I like this. No, wait, I like this. And they seem very different. Uh-huh, good. So hard. Yeah, I would love to hear what's hard, what was, what's been hard about it for you so far, if you're open to sharing. Do you want me to unmute you, Meg, Megan? Yeah. Hi, I still don't know how to raise my hand. Um, <laughs> I think what was hard for me is, um, at least in my world of well-being and healing and nutrition and herbal medicine. So Christina and I are business partners and um, 
you know, even in those first questions, I feel like I've shied away and I've really like shielded myself so much from what's out there, like beyond you, Nisha, I've like tried really hard to like, not like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that like lack of who I can trust or who I can look up to, or almost like, I mean, what it was, what it brought clarity around for me is that like, wow, I don't, I don't have any elders that I look to, or I don't really, um, you know, even with structure, like it was just really hard. (laughs) And it was really good information. If any, it was like really good information. Um, You know, and it might contribute to sometimes where it feels like we're even like going at this alone in some ways, because it's like trying to rebuild from us from a place, at least within our world that feels so broken. And so toxic and so um like there's just so many things with it so it was it was tricky to come up with um and then going into like what I like I was like I don't know I don't I like to garden and bird watch (laughs) (laughs) maybe there's something in there (laughs) (laughs) switching it all up (laughs) um yeah, that, I mean, I guess it, I wanted to bring that forward because just in case anybody else was feeling that too. But yeah, it was, I was, I mean, it was a great exercise. It was really good information that came forward. And um, I definitely felt the like, um, like some loss in there, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And um, these places where, I have a couple of things that are coming. One is so great to stay with the exploration too. Like, you know, we took five minutes maybe per question, but sitting with it and noticing like, oh, okay. As I stay with these questions, I do notice that like that person looks really peaceful in their work and that really inspires me or the way that this like particular musician is with their work. There's something about that really inspires me. So we might gather little threads of inspiration as we go. And, you know, taking some of these sparks, like, or questions of, oh, I like gardening and bird watching. like, what the hell does that have to do with my work? And then noticing, oh, wait a minute, hold on, I have this cool idea. What if? Mm-hmm. And none of these things have to fit together. So I'm, I hold all of this as like, we're just kind of like digging around. I think of it like, um, I don't know. <laughs> The spirit of like somebody walking down the beach with a metal detector where you're like, I don't know, who knows, maybe I'll find a a penny. I'll dig for like 20 minutes to get this penny. <laughs> you know? yeah, but maybe I'll find a ring. <laughs> um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe I'll find something and I won't know what the heck it is. And so just sort of, we're just digging around is how I look at it. Yeah. That's helpful. Thank you. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Priyanka. Hi, Nisha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and everyone is so happy to see every one of you every week. Um, so I tend to be, I go in both sides, Nisha, like being very structure oriented, coming from an engineering background and working as chief operating officer. Like, you know, I, I'm like always like this. <laughs> 
action oriented and I have like hundred things going on. I think we all are multidimensional. So we have hundred things, like we can do so many different things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and bring different part of us. One of the things uh, which was coming up as I was doing this more was like the people I look up to for depth. Interestingly, not everyone is doing similar thing what I do in operations. And there was only one person who was a combination of Nisha and the operations person. Mm. She brings so much depth in her language and like the way you you brought me to this session. <laughs> so I was like, wow, there's only one person who really speak the language, which is so grounded or else everyone else, whether I have been in their program or they have been my coaches, they have been very structured, very tactics, very strategy oriented. And some of them have been, a lot of them have been men. So I never felt really connected to them so much. Um, So I really felt, oh, wow, there's only one person who is really doing, and she's in her 50s, like in my mom's age, who is doing this, like very grounded work in operations. Um, So that was one awakening for me, Nisha. Like, and I'm planning to have her on my podcast soon. So I'm going to go deeper in those conversation with her. So I'm very, very excited to have her in there, like just to tell her that how much I love what she does, even if she's like my competitor. It's, it doesn't really, for me, it's never, you're never competitor of anyone. We all are so unique and we connect with different people whom we can serve. Um, another thing was what I really loved, Nisha, is it brought me back to my why. So one of my why is I really want to create a retreat center, which has an orphanage piece where our future generation are groomed to be entrepreneurs. But it's also a retreat center where business owners bring their family together and they have different things for kids. They're learning entrepreneur skills at like, it has to start at age six. My daughter is five. So when she becomes six, I have so much vision. So what the things came up was like, why I can't do a mom and daughter business retreat? Cool. Fun. Uh, and why I can't do it in a cruise because I love to travel. <laughs> cool. And why it can't be on a Disney cruise? So <laughs> it was like all this fun thing. And then I was like, I love dancing and karaoke. Why I can't have, why I can't create, and I'm a singer too. So why I can't create songs around business or something karaoke like there was all these different things coming up and then uh, I love to host finger fruits I love to decorate like luxurious photo shoot and styling like why everyone needs to spend money to like everyone gets so tensed if they have to go to event they have to look good and this and that I'm like just come as you are we will have someone to style you there and get a photo shoot (laughs) so So, fun all that was coming together for me and um very unique, very unique experience this was for me. Totally. Yeah, I love all the creative sparks and connections. Awesome. Thank you. All right. I think the next piece is going to be helpful, um, especially for those of you who are like, this was hard and there are lots of structural contradictions. So go ahead and share my screen again. All right. So this is a question of around lifestyle. And 
we've done some looking out with some of these questions, like noticing what other people are doing that inspires us and also looking at our own skills and passions. Um, but now I really want to do a, an exploration that's very much from the inside out around honoring your rhythms and your flow. And the reason that this is part of this conversation around offerings for me is because often what I find, you know, mostly when I'm supporting people around their offerings, I'm doing it one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm asking them these questions or some version of these questions and working with them one-on-one. -on -one. And when, what I notice is if this part isn't addressed, what happens is people start creating offerings based on what they think people want, what they've seen other people do, <laughs> what they think justifies the price, like all of these things, instead of what actually works for them, works for their energy, works for their family and their lifestyle, works for their brain, the way that their brain works, you know, actually aligns with their priorities. So things like I've had people say like, oh, yes, and I offer unlimited e email support. And I'm like, cool. Do you love email? They're like, no, I hate it. <laughs> and I'm like, but you're willing to do as much of it as someone else wants, <laughs> but you hate it, right? So just these noticings of like, oh, well, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought that should needed to be part of the offer or, oh, well, I meet with people weekly. It's like, okay, does that work for you? I actually don't like it. It's actually really draining. We do so much in a session. It would be great to meet with them twice a month, you know, or that's just what I need a week off a month. It really is important for me to have some downtime. I'm super introverted. I can't be with people that much. So a lot of the creative ideas and the creative reshapings or shapings of new offerings comes in my experience from a depth of consideration around this stuff as well. So the question is considering your life at this time, right? I'm putting in your family, your energy, your body, your brain, your priorities. Maybe there are other things that you have to consider. What is your ideal lifestyle at this time? So I'm not talking about not considering your like somebody might be like well my ideal lifestyle is that i just lay around while people feed me grapes and i'm like okay cool do you have and then they're like but i have kids i'm like well then that's not what we're talking about <laughs> but like still having your kids or still having the responsibilities that you have that you need to maintain or still living in this particular body not someone else's body but in this body at this time right so I'm, I, we're, we're grounded in the reality, you know, of our lives and looking for how ideally would we like it to flow. So as I ask ideal lifestyle, some considerations I want to bring in here are thinking about your year. If you're like, gosh, I really would love to take the summer off, or I really would love to take a few weeks off in, around the holidays in December. Um, or one of my clients, for example, um, had multiple, you know, grief stricken experiences and they all happened around the same time of year. It kind of probably needs to be a pretty quiet time of year for her, right? It's like, there, that's going to maybe be like a downtime season for her for the foreseeable future at this time anyways. 
Um, so considering sort of the, the year flow, is there an ideal for you at this time? And then um, starting to look at the flow of your weeks and even your days. So you might be like, gosh, I really, for myself, I really would love one week a month, ideally where I didn't have calls one week a month, most months. Um, other people might be like, it's great for me to do. I had a client once and she was like, I love every day that I do calls. If I just wake up, do my morning practice and then do calls in the morning, I feel like so of service. It lights me up. Like I would love to have two clients every morning, Monday to Friday. Great. Um, so knowing yourself, knowing your family, your energy, your body, your brain, all of it, your priorities. What is your ideal lifestyle? Work-life flow is another way to ask this question. I'll be quiet. I'm going to give us 10 minutes. Beware of the um, gaslighting of self that can happen by saying, no, that's not realistic. Yeah, sleeping until nine is not realistic for me because I have two small children. But reorganizing my schedule so that I didn't have calls on Mondays, that could be very realistic. So let's not totally gaslight ourselves here. Just watch out for that. going to bring one more inquiry in here, which is um, also looking at your, when you're looking at the flow of your days and weeks, what kind of work might you be doing at what time? So for example, I love doing calls on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I love doing admin work on Mondays, you know, so just knowing your own energy, your own flow and everything, sitting with that too.
say we might need a little more time. So let's give us two more minutes here. So let's take a couple of minutes and take note of what do you already see would have to shift about your work or the way that you're working right now if you were to really honor this more. Um, and let's see if we can get as specific as possible because some people do this exercise and they're like, well, everything is the answer <laughs> everything has to change so i honor it if that's if that feels true for you and also if we can get really specific about okay i would have to um i would have to for example have fewer clients um i would have to shift people around or shift my schedule around in order for this to be true um I would have to stop doing this offering if I was gonna do it. I would have to stop doing this thing that I'm doing. Um, maybe it means getting more support. You'd have to have more support in order to shift in that direction more. So let's take five minutes here and just write down a list of what you can notice. You would have to put into action in order to start shifting in this direction. Even if you don't know how. Yeah, the question again is um, for me to honor this ideal 
rhythm and flow, what specifically would I have to change? What, what would I have to enact change around? Or what would I have to change? Sorry, adding to that. What would I have to change? What would I need? What would need to be adjusted?
another two minutes here. I'd love some folks who want to share in the chat what's, what insights you're having, any commitments that are becoming clear to you. Anything you're noticing you're needing or needing to shift. boundaries. One of the things I noticed I'll just share for myself in doing this exercise is um, a big part of my fatigue is that I make too many decisions and I've set it up that way with people. So they look to me to make the decision. In at home, in my work. And so I realize I need to reset the dynamics a little bit to be clear about when it's important for me to be involved in making decision and when I'm willing for other people, I'm willing to relax some of my control to have other people make decisions, whether I like them or not. Oh my God, Megan, I love that. Take what I think I can do and divide it by two. Take what I think I need and times it by three. I love that. Yeah, I've said before, I, I'm pretty sure I have productivity dysmorphia. Like I think what I can do and should be able to do is very different than what's real, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to give us our homework, this big homework this time, and then we'll open it up for questions and see what comes through. So the homework is just to take all of these things into consideration, right? What is your ideal lifestyle? Um, what are the things that might want to be woven based on what's inspiring you and what you're feeling called to do? 
to take all of this into consideration and start just brainstorming offerings. They could be free offerings. They could be paid offerings. They could be just start like getting your creative wheels turning with brainstorming different creative offerings. And what I would really notice as you're coming up with these offerings, both as you're writing them down or dreaming them up, and also as you're contemplating them after dreaming them up or writing them down is like, how joyful does this feel for me? So it's less of like, yes, we're going to want to consider these things that maybe want to be woven in a lifestyle. And it's, how do I say this? It's sort of paradoxically like holding those things, but not holding them so tightly that we're super heady, right? So holding those considerations and also letting ourselves be wildly creative so that we can be really creative and then look back and say, does this fit? How could this fit even more? You know, what what might this look like? And again, it would be great if you came up with like 15 different offerings and only one made the cut. You know, so the idea is like not to dream up more so that we have more to do, but also not to limit our dreaming by what seems like really realistic at this time. Just dream it up and then you can tinker with them and play with them and see where they might fit and how they might fit. But really noticing like what sparks, thank you, Marie Kondo, what sparks joy for you. Like what has aliveness in it and not just like that would be a great idea. (laughs) It fits in with my like, oh, this one actually feels like joyful for me, playful for me, expansive, exciting. Um, The second piece of homework, this is a big one, or you might already know the answer to this, but is to be clear, to get clear on what you need financially at this time in your life. If you have what you need financially handled, easeful in a way that's really joyful for you, then okay, what are you? aiming for at this time. But it's important to actually know what our numbers are for so many reasons. Um, One, when we don't actually know how much we need, what I find is like there can be a lot of anxiety running in the background, just hoping that there's going to be enough and it'll be okay. But And sometimes people are running that anxiety even though they have enough, which is kind of a waste of energy, right? Um, And or we're not thinking like clearly about titration, like what shifts need to be made when. And so just knowing those numbers so that we could go, okay, I love this offering. And also like, maybe that's a next year thing. And right now this one would be better. Or let's make these shifts first. 
and move in that direction so that we can pace ourselves. Like none of this is a perfect um, formula. It's going to be very different for each of us, but knowing what the numbers are for us, what we actually need so that we, it can help shape the offerings, shape what comes first. So we did this lifestyle piece and it's like, okay, we have to know what we need and what we have capacity for with our energy and with our time. But we also need to know like, what do we need to create? What do we need to produce financially with that energy and that capacity that we have? And for some people, it might look like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if coming out of this experience, someone was like, someone who had a day job, maybe was like, oh, I need to shift my day job to something that like is way less mentally taxing, you know, that's that gives me maybe gives me less money or maybe gives me the same money, but uh, frees up my creative spirit to work on some of these things. So, again, I think the actual clarity can help liberate some of our creativity here. So two pieces of homework. One, being clear on your finances. How much do you actually need to be bringing in month over month or throughout the year? Um, and two, considering all that we've been considering, just giving yourself some freedom to dream up a bunch of creative offerings. Maybe you just come up with one. Maybe you come up with 28. I don't know. But start exploring and then notice where there's aliveness, where there's energy, where there's sort of joy being sparked for you. And I want to say one more thing. These don't have to be new. So one of the things that I'm looking at always when I revisit these questions for myself is like, what has to change about what's existing? There might be things that I want to add, subtract, shift about my existing offerings to align with and honor this, <clears throat> you know, what works for my body and my family at this time and all the rest of me at this time. Um, so include those, include if there are shifts that want to be made or that might want to be made. Okay, opening it up. I'm curious to hear questions, to see if there's any offerings being sparked? I'd love to make a space if anyone hasn't shared yet today. Yeah, Michelle. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm staying off camera because I've shown up with a headache today. Oh. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you saying that, you know, piece about maybe it's not right now. Because um, I definitely saw my mind go into the automatic, like, structures of, like, the coaching industry or whatever I've been exposed to. Um, and hosting different types of programs and retreats did come through for me throughout this program but the first thing really was to write and I did recently take on a job that is super low stress it doesn't pay a lot but like I don't have an urgency mm. I would like to create money from my work but I don't have an urgency towards it right now um but the piece that is unclear for me is like 
okay, if I like go in a hole and write, I already feel like I'm inconsistent with showing up, let's say to promote myself or just be like visible or in people's awareness. Like, I mean, I'm mostly talking about social media or emails, right? Um, So I'm like, oh, if I really just like focus on writing, like, do I need like a book deal to feel some sense of security? Like, do I need, you know, like, I don't know, it feels silly, irresponsible, scary to just disappear from the face of the earth for however long it takes to write. Mm. Mm. Do you, um, do you feel like a desire in you and like a genuine desire in you to be sharing regularly about your work? No, (laughs) not right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I said I would need would be to have either collaborators or team members or something like that um, to support me in, in the sharing Mm -hmm. when I'm ready to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you rely on income from sharing yourself regularly and sharing about your work regularly? Or are you just relying on the income from the job that you took? Uh, Right now I'm just relying on the income from the job. Um, Truthfully, I have never actually produced a client from that. All of my Mm -hmm. clients have been from referrals or live events. Do you want to be working with clients right now outside of the job? Or do you just want to be doing your job and writing? Letting my dog in. I, I know that I don't want to be in like long-term partnerships like I don't want to take on mentorship right now like ongoing mentorship Mm -hmm. doing potentially like single day things or like one-off sort of offerings like where it's not an ongoing relationship I I could see that feeling good Mm -hmm. um but no it feels like right now is not a actually a time to be inviting clients Um, but I guess it feels like I'll be doing something wrong or missing out on something if I just go completely silent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a couple of things are coming up like if you said that you really wanted to be working with clients right now but you didn't really want to share what I would say is like oh you could reach out to past clients, existing clients, people who have offered referrals before and be like, Hey, I'm opening up to client spots. Like, do you have anybody that you feel like would benefit from working together? So you actually just nurture those referral channels. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could or could not do that. That's your choice, of course. What's coming up though, is maybe it would serve you to have um, an experimental container where you decide really consciously now, I'm gonna take six weeks or I'm gonna take eight weeks or I'm gonna take 12 weeks and I'm just gonna focus on my writing. 
-hmm. And I'm going to like step away from any pressure at all Mm -hmm. to produce content (laughs) or drive traffic to my Mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to write. I'm just going to write and I'm going to see what happens. And if I feel inspired, I'll share. Mm -hmm. But I'm only going to share from the place of like, I'm inspired. I have something I want to share. Like I want to put this out there and just give myself just this container of time to go into my experimental writing cocoon Mm -hmm. and see what happens. And what you could even do is like put a date in the calendar where that's the date that you'll sort of pause and reassess. Like, am I ready to start sharing? Do I, what do I want to, where do I want to go from here? Um, yeah. Like a little creator date with yourself to, to check in and see. Um, I'm curious how this is landing for you. Um, part of me loves it. And the other part that came up was realizing that it's not only about driving traffic and creating content. I think since discovering my love for and skill at, you know, working with people, it feels like, I'm just going to say wrong, or I don't know, um, to not be of service, to not be doing, like offering my work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wrong, like dicey, dangerous. What if I become irrelevant and it all shrivels up and dies or wrong? Maybe it's all of these things or none of them or wrong. Like, ah, this is a way I can serve and I really want to serve. And it feels like selfish or something to not give in this way like I'm I'm curious what yeah what's the flavor of wrong it's more the the latter like um as you're saying that I'm like oh is this because I hold a lot of my self-worth in my ability to do this work Mm. (laughs) Mm. yeah so a step could be trying it on for a little while and seeing what comes up, like trying on the idea. So you're not committing to anything. I think sometimes when we're like, wait, what are my motivations here? Yeah. It can be really helpful to give a little space to that inquiry. Like, okay, what are my motivations here? Let's see what happens. So for example, you could, maybe you already know your answer, or maybe you say, I'm going to give myself a week. And for a week, I'm just going to act as if I'm about to initiate a complete work hiatus. Mm-hmm. for six weeks or for two months or whatever. And I'm just going to go deep into my writing cave and see what it is to take on the identity of writer, yeah, of creative in this way and see what, what becomes of that experience. And maybe in that week, you're like, you know what? No, I really want to coach while I'm doing that. But mm-hmm. I only want to coach this way. Or you might... You might be like, oh, God, I'm facing all of my irrelevancy fears and, Hmm. you know, um, who am I if fears and it feels true to do this. I'm willing to face those those fears um, or reckon with these questions in order to say yes to this calling. So 
Yeah. I just like, there's sometimes that beauty of baby stepping ourselves into something if we're too wary to take the leap. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it was like, my thoughts came right out of your mouth is like taking on the identity of writer or creative is like when, whenever people say that they see me as a creative or an artist, it's like super validating and super activating at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm going to, I don't have a full answer yet, but I, I'm going to take that on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just curious, like any other secret, not so secret artists hanging out who are like, I don't fully claim the identity of artists, but like low key over here. I have a sense that's like true for a lot of people. And because our there's a lot of stories around what it is to be an artist in different people's families, um, in our culture, in the overculture, I should say. Um, and because we also sort of pedestalize artists in this way that we're like, I'm not Beyonce, so I'm not an artist. I'm not like that. I'm not like that. And um, yeah, so it can be a really tender thing to be exploring, let alone embracing this as an aspect of identity. So I just want to name that. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Ariel. Hi. Okay. Mine feels very similar to Michelle, so I don't know if you'll have anything to add. But um, cool. yeah, the thing that's been coming up for me as a challenge has been around. Like, I keep telling myself every week, like I'm going to make creative space time just to create, and then just feeling like every week everything else <laughs> like um, comes before that, and I. I also am feeling like this regulator right now because I feel like I've been feeling more and more it's just this truth that it's time to leave my job and um and for context I'm a lawyer and I feel like yeah the identity of like a creative and lawyer don't really go hand in hand most of my life and I feel like I've been having the feeling for as long as I can remember that it feels important to share kind of my ideas and writing and stuff and um and I've kind of dabbled here and there, but never consistently. And then I think because I'm not consistent and I've been in sitting with it, I've been really recognizing that I feel like the sharing that I need to do does require depth, but I know a lot of the times it doesn't feel like it's easy in a social media caption, for example. And so then when I try to parse something down into like one sentence thing and then don't get a lot of response, I think I use that to be like, oh, see, like, I shouldn't do that or something and so I've been kind of sitting with the idea of um, just yeah being in the making more space just to create and not being so focused on feedback especially at the beginning Um, but yeah I think it all feels related Um, but I have been having difficulty just like like letting myself just sit with it and actually prioritize it in my week because I'm feeling like I'll put like 15 minutes here 15 minutes there but I really need more time to make it you know an actual priority totally yeah sometimes the way that we um structure something in doesn't actually work for us so uh i just as a random example like um tending to my client 
spaces. Like, you know, people have like Facebook groups and this, that, and the other. When I had like, oh, I'm going to check once a week on this day, it was like such a buildup. And then at that day, it didn't happen. It was like creating so much overwhelm. And now I just have the groups I know I need to check in on. And I'm like every day at this time. And I don't even promise that to them, but I just promise that to myself. And then if I skip one day, it's okay. Because <laughs> it's not dragging, you know, it's not the, the buildup. And the same with writing. I've always tried to squeak in like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. And then if I have 20 minutes to do it, like it's just not going to happen. Because mm -hmm. I don't know, I was like brushing my teeth and then doing another thing. And that took 15 minutes. And now I have five minutes. So forget about it. Um, so I would, that curiosity about like, what is the actual space that you need to feel like you can sink into it, recognizing that for some of these things, the resistance inside of us is big and multidimensional. Like the resistance to sort of borrow from what you shared, Ariel, can even be, go into like, oh, if I'm really engaging in this creative work in this way, what does that mean about my future and this whole identity and career that I've built? And da, 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 da. And we're not actively thinking that, but subconsciously it's there. And we're like, oh, I got another thing I need to take care of today instead. Like mm -hmm. that's what comes out. But what's going on in the background is, oh, this isn't like an identity shifting commitment that I'm terrified of. So what's the what what do you need to build around it what's the space that you actually need to engage in that creative work and then it might be really helpful to have somebody do it with you like the gym the gym buddy concept nobody the, the people that keep their gym memberships the most are the people who show up for their gym memberships are the people who go with a friend because well somebody's waiting for you on the other side so how could you have that support around it? And then um, the other thing is ritualizing the beginning. So ritualizing the start of the thing can be really helpful. So it might look like, okay, what I do is I make myself a cup of tea. I light this incense. I, you know, uh, dance to this particular song and then I begin, you know, so what is the ritual that drops you into that creative space? Um, so that the first thing to focus on is make the tea. Okay, now light the incense. Okay, now turn on the song. And then once those things have happened, then, okay, getting into it is much easier. Um, but yeah, I would certainly put those first two things first, like how do you actually schedule it and um, plan for it? And then who can be your running buddy, if you will? so that you're not doing it alone because oftentimes we just won't. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Gabriella. Uh, hi. Hi. Um, uh, I want to, to share something and maybe um, and uh, let me know what do you feel about what I'm what I will tell you is that uh, I'm like tired of the one-on-one -on -one sessions I've been doing them for almost too many years uh, so I decided to shift to groups uh, so now 
I do both the the one on one and also the the groups. Uh, and I, I now that I see my notes, I can I can feel that I I did a bad decision. I made a bad decision. That is, it's like uh, offering my groups in the afternoon, uh, like seven p.m. to nine p.m. So uh, I feel some like heaviness to to go uh, to to all the all day. I, I'm like. Um, having thoughts oh i have to i have to be inspired and i i have to be uh, i don't know um with energy and sometimes i don't have the energy and sometimes yes uh so um i i so i did an offering of a workshop and i offered the workshop four times and five times and three times I it went it went good and I have a, like a beautiful groups but two times I didn't have a, the group um, uh, enough people to to run the group so uh, and and I felt so maybe I have a massive resistance multidimensional one maybe uh, so I thought if if this came from the soul of my work if this is a co-creation if i feel this very deep and i i feel that i have something here that is good for for women and why sometimes i have a so good response and sometimes i don't have it so i maybe i thought today maybe it's because i'm putting the sessions in the in the worst time of my energy in the day or maybe it is something deeper but my question is, if I co-create it with my soul of yeah. my work, why sometimes yes and what sometimes no? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my question. <laughs> oh, I mean, I feel like this is such a, such a beautiful question. And oh, this is like a sad story that's coming up, but it makes me think of a dear friend of mine who felt really called to get pregnant and then she lost her baby. And it was like, how is that possible? You know, yeah. like I felt so called. And I think it's a really deeply personal inquiry. You know, it's um, because how we make sense of something like that is going to be so different from person to person. I mean, for her, even though she lost that, baby she still has a relationship with him like so for her it was like that was totally meant to be and I know we're not talking about anything as serious or enormous or consequential as Mm -hmm. that yes but I think our work exists in the mystery of life just like everything else exists in the mystery of life and it's like part of it is just well sometimes we feel called to do a thing and it doesn't work out the way that we want and weird you know who knows why that is and sometimes we can make sense of it and sometimes we can't but I think some of it is just like that's the mystery of life sometimes we're going to be called to do things that don't make sense to our rational minds and sometimes we can derive meaning that that matters that's significant for us um you know I've I've had folks put things uh, you know friends and even myself put offerings out that just totally flopped and I'm like what happened why did I want to do that but sometimes if we really look closely at what came from that 
it's like, you know what? I actually really learned a lot about what matters to me. Or I, I like really had the experience of like Mm. going for it, you know, and Mm. now no matter what I do, I'm going to go for it. Or gosh, I did that by like following all the rules and I'm never going to follow all the, like, that is not me, you know? So I think it just depends. Like the, Mm. the why will be very different for each of us. Um, and I think there is the truth that sometimes we feel really called to do something and we haven't, we need to bring our own discernment around the timing, around the structure, around the, you know, structure means so many things, right? Like what goes into the offering, how much we charge for it. Like we have to bring our own discernment around those things. And sometimes we're just going to be off, you know, we're, we're just going to be off about mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. So, and it doesn't necessarily mean it was bad or wrong and that we shouldn't do it again. It might be like, okay, I can, I, I didn't, you know, I had a client, for example, that just brought something out and she had like two signups and she wants 12, you know, it's a, it's a higher end group program. And there's like a week left and she's like, do I do it? Do I not do it? And we're like, well, you get to choose what your lesson is here, but go for it. It, Why not keep going for it? You're not there yet. So I also just think our human selves can see things as failures when they're not failures and can see things as successes when sometimes we like climbed the ladder and got to the wall top and we were like, oh gosh, this is a success, but this isn't even what I want. So that discernment around timing, structure, and all of those things, I think sometimes we need to like wobble our way, meander our way into those understandings and into that clarity. And sometimes it looks like taking the wrong turn and then going, mm. okay, I learned something from that. Now, next time I'm going to do it this way. Or, um, But I don't know anyone who um, has been doing their work for any amount of time, putting offerings out, we'll say, into the world that hasn't had their fair share of like flops, you know, mm. and things just not going the way that they want. So if ever you're like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, you're not alone. <laughs> happens to thank all you. of us yeah thank you thank you Nisha yeah thanks Gabrielle and it doesn't necessarily mean that we should stop that's the other thing it's like doesn't necessarily mean that that we should stop Dorothy hi um I have maybe a tricky question. I don't know. Um, what came up for me around what needs to shift, uh, I'm getting nervous thinking about it, um, is letting go of... Um, so I am a full-time entrepreneur. I don't have a like a security blanket job. I've been looking for one all of last year. Um, Haven't found anything. Um, And I've been feeling this year really like life saying, stop uh, sort of putting off your work because you're trying to get hired. Like do what you're here 
to do. That's why I'm here in this <laughs> because it's been really hard to to be brave um, again and be like, okay, I'm going to try again. Um, and I have sort of two different kinds of work that I'm already feeling really enchanted by and tempted with. And um, I've been feeling and saw that like, I need just to create more spaciousness around those things to be really able to do them. <laughs> and yeah, what came up that needs to shift is like letting go of all of these sort of more frazzly work of like looking at job listings and emailing people all over the place and like this kind of stuff. But it's really hard for my nervous system. And I am like, it's a big question that like, I'm not sure what can be said to it, but I wanted to bring it forth because it feels, yeah, big for me. Like how to be responsible in this work with trusting these things. And I think relates a lot to the previous conversation with Gabrielle, uh, right? Like, okay, I'm feeling really called to this, but how in the reality that I, I don't have uh, any other income, um, yeah how to do that and then also in a way that you know I've had times when it really works out beautifully and I can have the the lifestyle and the work that I that I love and then other times when the stress is so much that then this more extractive uh, relationship with the work comes and I, I feel really protective of that as well of both my needs and of like not getting into that with my work so I don't know if any advisor mm. perspective around this comes up would be nice yeah. yeah um i don't know whose quote this is we can only move at the pace of our nervous system but i mm. honor that and everybody's risk tolerance is so different and i don't think that pushing for our risk tolerance to change is the way to change it you know or to or to um expand our capacity I think that actually honoring what it is and moving slowly towards the direction, um, what am I trying to say? Honoring what our risk tolerance is. Um, and if we notice there's something kind of wonky about it, shifting that slowly rather than trying to shift it rapidly. So, and wonky could be like, I have really high risk tolerance and I actually need to lower my risk tolerance because I get reckless. So some people have that like real reckless. And then other people are like, you know, I have to have so much money in the bank that I could retire today. And I'm like, well, you're 20. It's probably okay. <laughs> you know, like loosen that up a little. Um, and most of us are somewhere in the middle. Right. So yeah, if there's, if there's this call coming to not be looking for something out there, to stabilize, then I would ask that part of you that feels nervous, that part of you that, that where you say like my nervous system, is like uh, freaked out by that. What are some creative ways to, well, what would have that part of you feel stable? If it wasn't about having a, like, what is it? Is it about having a certain amount of money and savings? Is it about bringing in a certain amount of money reliably each month? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's knowing that there's a safety net, right? So what are the things that would create more ah, 
stabilization in your nervous system so that you can keep going with your work and keep being creative. So what are some ways that aren't about getting a job, but some things to have in place? And then you can get creative with like what has to happen for that to be true. So often when I'm working with something with folks, we have come up with these creative offerings and then we realize like, and having a couple of one-on-one clients, you know, or, and having a consulting client, the, the thing that will help to stabilize finance, finances and nervous systems so that there's some cushion, so that there's the freedom to create those exciting offerings that are coming through. So that there's the spaciousness to like put something out there and we don't know what's going to happen and whether people are going to want it or not, you know, going for it. But so that we're not so reliant on the creative thing that wants to come through, taking care of us and being our bread and butter when we don't know if that's going to happen yet. So Is it a consulting client or two? Is it having a couple of one-on-one clients at this time? Is it having a conversation with family members who happen to have a bunch of money? Like, hey, could I borrow this amount of money for, could I take a loan for two years? You know, like there are, we all have different circumstances, but I would ask like, what is it that allows your nervous system to settle a bit into going with your work? And not just like breathing and yeah, that helps, but like, what actually do you need financially in the bank, you know, either sitting there or coming in regularly or both. And then what are some creative ways that you could explore getting them? I don't have this luxury, but I've had clients before that have asked family members or their parents, like, could I please borrow this amount of money to just sit in my bank account? I'll use it if I need it, but I just kind of need it to sit there. And again, that's not something I can do. Um, I don't have family members with those kind of resources, but um, that could even be an option for some people. Um, yeah, so I'm curious how this is. What I always say is like the thing that's going to be stabilize your finances and your nervous system along with it that thing shouldn't feel risky so that you can take risks so that you can do other creative things. So if I'm talking to somebody and they're like, well, I really want to do this offering. And if I can just get it to 300 people, then, you know, then it'll, it'll be stable. And I'm like, okay, cool. How viable is that right now? And they might be like, I have 20 people in it right now and I've been promoting it every, I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't mean you can't build to that place, but if that's what we're relying on to pay the bills, you probably need something in the meantime. So, okay, what's a lower hanging fruit for us right now? Yeah, is that helpful? Um, yeah. It's, um, I think it gives me a a good sort of open inquiry. Um, I think, yeah, for for me, the looking for work was seeking that. Like, I just need a baseline to stabilize this because 
consulting work is unpredictable. My offerings are like, I don't want to keep putting the pressure on those. And it's just been a terrifying two years of like, I'm like, things happen when they want to. <laughs> and I'm here, meanwhile. Um, but, but yeah, I think they're getting creative in how, um, how to create that space and safety is a great question to keep uh, exploring. I don't have an answer, but it's just like the, 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 that there might be different ways to do that. Um, yeah. Oh, you're muted. Clarity around numbers that piece of homework, right? If that, if that isn't there, I would really lean on that. Getting really clear, like how much in the bank, how much monthly, like mm -hmm. what needs to happen here? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe I'm belaboring this point, but I think it's important to say that I think often financial anxiety and insecurity and then the nervous system insecurity that goes with it has us sort of clamp down or turn away from our creativity. And it's hard to sort of source creative ideas and really dream about dream into what wants to happen, which is part of why this process was, has been such a slow burn into even getting into the conversation around offerings, because first often for many of us, we have to reclaim and turn back towards this relationship with our work again and build this trusting relationship with it as a baseline and this curiosity and come back into like just being in the playful curiosity of things without that pressure. And now I could feel this energetic shift on this call because it get, feels like, oh, it's getting real. Now we're talking about, you said the money word, like it's happening. And so, yeah, I really want to emphasize this piece around it's so okay to have, for some people, the bridge job, for some people, a consulting gig, for some people, it's like, let's get three one-on-one -on -one clients and like for six months so that we don't have to like keep looking for people every two months or something, right? Like the thing that's, let's ask mom and dad or like, you know, whatever it's going to be to help that stabilization so that we don't go like to our creativity, that we mm -hmm. still can explore the offerings to do it in a wise way, that there's a timing and discerning way, there's timing for everything, but that we still get to honor like what is starting to bloom and what is starting to get clarified and what is wanting to come through without being reckless about it. Mm -hmm. um, and paradoxically, like sometimes a baby just wants to come and the timing seems wacky but then, okay, like, let's get it together and like do the things you need a car seat, you need a da, 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 like get your ducks in a row. <laughs> and there's also sometimes just some magic that comes with like bringing the, the creation out into the world, but also making sure we're, you know, taking care of ourselves financially and, mm -hmm. and doing the groundwork as well. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hi, thank you. Um, I love the shares today. Thank you to everyone who's shared so far. 
Um, I think I I'm not exactly sure what I'm asking yet, but I'm like close to, to knowing <laughs> what I'm asking. So I feel like um, I feel like an offering has come forth for me, like even since the first class. And I've been like sitting with it and sitting with it. And I've been talking about it to my email list. And but I don't I don't exact before today, I didn't really even know the container. I just knew kind of like the promise. And I think like doing today's activity really gave me, it gave me like an aha moment of like, oh, if this is the schedule I want, this would be an ideal way to make this container happen. So where I'm struggling is that like for the past four weeks, I've been thinking about it as a one-to-one offer. And I think of it, I think a lot of my education in the entrepreneur lifestyle has been like just sell one-on-one because it's easy it's like get someone on a sales call get like you know like there's this like I don't want to say easy but there's just like this it feels like control even though obviously we don't control anything but it just like in my head I'm just I've just been thinking like okay I just want to get four people in this offer and then I think back to like making the altar for this class and I have like 18 stones that came up for this work. And then like today I was like, oh, this is a this is that group offering. This is that spring group offering that I've been thinking of. Um, what is terrifying me is like I have not sold a group offering in so long. And I don't know if um I don't know if you can hear baby shark in the background. Just I'm just gonna put that out there. My nephew is over and my dad is babysitting. Um, um, what is my question? I I think my question is like, I don't even know if I'm in a place to offer a group offering because I have been on sabbatical for two years. Like I I just I don't I'm nervous because one-on-one just feels like an easier path but I feel like a group offering feels like the more right path Mm. that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna mute myself just for the baby shark (laughs) there's so many ways that you could explore it right so one way is you could just start putting it out there sooner and give yourself a long time to fill it so that it's not like a 10 week or, or sorry, 10 day or five day launch window. But instead you're like, you could start to sort of build it now and maybe build in some, you know, like, oh, if you sign up by this date, then this thing happened. I'll give you a session with me. Or if you sign up by this date, you know, you could kind of play with how to encourage people to sign up sooner rather than later but it might give you some space to feel into it, to see how it's going, to see what interest is there. For someone else that that might be completely anxiety inducing. So I'm just kind of throwing it out there and saying like, I don't know how this lands for you particularly. Um, But if it feels like it gives you the freedom to sort of explore it and see how it goes and see what comes your way, just as you're promoting it, it might even shift some aspect of the offer as you're promoting, but it gives you a chance to kind of warm yourself up into talking about it more over a period of time. Um, Yeah. And I've seen for a lot of people, 
that give them a little bit more freedom to be freedom and like space, spaciousness to explore talking about a thing and just talking again when they haven't been inviting people into offerings in a while. Um, another possibility is offering it as a tiered offering. So there could be a group and there could be an option for one-on-one -on -one if you want to do one-on-one. -on -one. If you don't, fine. But if you do, you could add it so that for the people who want that, it's there. And especially if it gives you a little peace of mind, like, okay, that it's a possibility, you know, for people who want one-on-one. -on -one. Um, yeah, and in part, you won't know until you try. You know, <laughs> so there's that thing too. Um, it's so hard to say because I think that we have we have a lot of rules in entrepreneurship. Like, well, you have to like be doing this for six months before you do this, or you have to da -da -da -da, and people only want to sign up at this rate. And, da -da. and then I just I look around the, and I'm like, people are making things up all the time. And in some ways, the more creative something is, the more interesting the more evocative the more people tend to like lean in and get curious about what this thing is so i just kind of look at all of these rules now with like a big dose of skepticism because i'm like is that true is it true for everyone all the time is it actually even mostly true um and where i think what is true is that discernment is very individual you know, and like, I know people that have like gone crickets for a long time and come back and like, boom, biggest thing ever. I also know people who have gone crickets for a while and come back and it's like, is anybody out there? Like nobody's hearing my, I just don't know that we get to know until we try and see. Um, and if it helps you and your nervous system to have like a backdoor one-on-one -on -one offer. So as you're promoting, if people are interested, but they really want that thing that you can consider like offering them that thing. But if you're like, nope, I'm actually done with that. I don't want to offer that. I'm going all in. I'm putting all my chips on the table for this group offer. That's also a choice. But yeah, I'm curious. I'll unmute you and just see if this is sparking anything for you at all. Um, no, I love everything that you said. I, I actually don't mind doing one-on-one. -on -one. I just mm -hmm. am kind of realizing, I love how um, Gabriella said it. It's like, if I'm actually listening to the soul of my work, what is mm -hmm. XYZ? And I feel like if I'm in that inquiry, I'm like, oh, this is definitely a group situation. Mm -hmm. Um but it would, I would actually kind of love to work with a few people one-on-one -on, -one on it because it, because it is new either which way. Um, yeah. And then I just, I appreciate that because there is, I noticed there's someone who launches and I wrote her down in my structure thing. She has like, kind of like her entry level program is a 12 week thing, but she launches it. Like I know the program runs every year, January, February, March, but she starts launching that in October. And it's, and it's a very long window and there's no like rough and tumble urgency. It's like, just so you know, we start January 1st, just so you know, we start January. like, and I just have always admired that. Like mm. it's, it's this 
really beautiful, just like it's a very long cart open window. And I did that program one year and I think there were like 80 people in the program once it started. And I've just always been inspired by that. I just didn't really think about how that could maybe work for me too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Michelle. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I just, before I bring this, I want to say, I know that we're past the time and I can bring this to the Facebook group if you want. I'm good. I understand if people have to go also, but I'm okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, So something that's been coming through for me um, about structure is working with like collaborators or like co-directing a program or events. Um, And I've never done that before. I've been a guest facilitator at someone else's retreat, but um, I feel like I I have like some uh, commitment phobia when it comes to that. I'm like, okay, if I start an offering with someone, like I do love the idea of having like lots of guests and stuff like that, just, but the idea of building something with someone, um, I'm like, how do I know if it's the right part? Which is like ridiculous because I, my past work has been in relationships, right? Like romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I get that it's kind of the same thing, but I don't know that I want to commit to like one business partner for the rest of my life, you know, but I do like the idea of co-directing with one or two people. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, what's coming up is just pacing, Mm -hmm. like pacing your way into it. I partnered on a couple of programs and retreats with a friend of mine back in the day. And we like, we did it one time and then we were like, oh, we really like facilitating together. Let's actually open an LLC. Like we started an LLC. We trade, we like got a name, the whole thing, Mm -hmm. had a bank account um, and produced a couple more events together. And then we, we just stopped working and like dissolved the LLC and, and quit doing it. Um, And I think the pacing really matters you know, pacing our way into it. And in my experience working with um, teams, like I have some clients that work together are mm-hmm. as teams. Um, you know, it's it, like you said, it's a lot like romantic partnership in that sense of like, well, don't get into a monogamous committed partnership if you're like not sure that you want to with this person. <laughs> don't <Exactly>. do that. <laughs> Go on some dates first and figure it out. And so what's coming up is just like a single project at a time. And if you can't get past the agreements needed to actually engage in the product project, then that's really good information, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that there's that phase of considering collaborating on a project is as important as the actual collaboration. 
the phase where you're like, well, let's talk about it. If we were to collaborate on this project, like what would you need? What would I need? What are your fears? What are my fears? What, what, what's like non-negotiable to you? What's non-negotiable to me? Like, what are we excited about? What might we want to do here? Um, and I think naming that we're in that exploratory period, like naming for someone, Hey, I'm kind of curious about us collaborating together and I'm not sure I have some fears. I have some concerns. I'm not certain I want to do it. Part of me is wondering, maybe I would, you know, simply want to have you as a guest facilitating mm -hmm. inside of one of my programs. Would you be up for talking through it a little bit? You know, that like going into the exploration slowly. But similarly, I think it's one of those things that we won't know until we do it. You know, I've heard people say like, don't go into business partnership with anybody. It's a terrible idea. And I'm like, but look around our world. There's tons of business partnerships. That's like, that's like saying, don't get into romantic partnership. It's a pain in the ass. Well, it's that. Yeah. And it's also wildly fulfilling if it's a good one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, it is inherently harder in some ways to make, have to make decisions with another human being. It doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think unless you have like really clear knowing, sometimes it's just that like going in with clear communication around what phase of exploration we're actually in with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Kind of like the kindness of somebody saying like, I'm just dating to have fun. I don't actually want a serious relationship or I'm not sure I want a serious relationship. Okay, cool. Great. Now we know where we are. Yeah. That's, I don't want to date with you or I do want to have a date with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I would, I would move into it and just get your information from each phase of that exploration about what's next. Yeah. I think cause I had one conversation with one person who it went mm -hmm. really quickly and yeah. like, we got excited about lots of exciting ideas. Um, and then I left it and like afterwards I was like, Hmm, I don't know. Or I don't know how or how much, you know? So I think it's just like going back to that person and slowing down and letting them know that I might date other people too. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think that from my lens anyways, at the very least working on a few projects together before we decide to actually go in to like a long-term fully engaged working partnership. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. That sounds mm -hmm. good. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you. So glad to be with you. I'd love to hear some of your creative ideas if you want to share in the Facebook group. Um, and otherwise, we'll keep going next week. We'll see you then. Bye.